Scott is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. We always appreciate you stopping by. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. There's so much to choose from on that network, so many great podcasts. A lot of my friends are on there, so check them out at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pantheon Pods, as well as the Hook Rocks on all three of those platforms. Just search up the Hook Rocks. And you can find us on Spotify, Instagram, and Twitter. And also follow us and like us wherever you do podcasts. We're available on every podcast platform. Give us a five-star review. We always appreciate it. And thank you very much for tuning in and making this year so far a great year. We've had some great guests. Uh, We're approaching our uh, 500th episode. We're approaching our four-year anniversary. We've been doing this for a while, and this year has been uh, no different. We just had Josh Todd from Buck Cherry on as well. We've had Rick Nielsen, Richie Kotzen on from the Winery Dogs. Rick Nielsen, of course, the legendary rock and roll Hall of Famer from Cheap Trick. And we had a great interview with Kip Winger. A lot of people responded and sent me messages saying that it was one of their favorite interviews that, that we've ever done, which is greatly appreciated. Of course, George Lynch stopped by for his fourth visit to the show. Such a, a great time with George. Really glad that we've kind of found a connection and we can kind of talk about a, a, a wide variety of things from music to social issues and talk about what he does in terms of philanthropy and his documentary, which you haven't seen, Shadow Nation, which is about uh, Native Americans in this country. Very important issue as well. Um, we've had a great uh New music spotlights. We just re- welcomed Sack from the band Abrams, a great new band out of Denver, Colorado. And The Lost Hearts, a great band out of Nashville, which is getting a lot of traction too as well. But so many different episodes, so many great stuff we've been doing. Lastly, but not least, check out our episode on TikTok, artificial intelligence in the music business and live streaming. We always do our business insider show every quarter. And we're really going um, after the discussion on the AI and the impact that it's going to have on music, which is frightening, and TikTok, which is looking at bands across the country. Um, so check that out. And of course, live streaming was big during the pandemic. It kind of slowed down, but now it's picking up more steam with ticket prices being a lot higher than people are willing to pay right now for concerts. Live streaming is becoming a viable option for people who want to see a show but can't afford it. And we talk about all the ins and outs of all three of those topics. So check that out with Christy and Eagle, our music business insider. We have a a fantastic show for you today, one that I've been looking forward to here for a while. The guest that we're having on is the guitar player for Jimmy Kimmel Live, and that's Toshi Yanagi. But we've got so much more to talk about. We've got a lot of side projects that he does and learn more about him as well as a guitar player, where he came from and what hooked him on rock and roll and where his influences lie with his guitar work. So we're going to get into a lot of that. Lots to talk about with Toshi. I'm looking forward to getting to know him, as you are too as well. Welcome aboard, Toshi. How are you? Hi. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jay. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. And of course, we always start with the same first question every time we have a first-time guest on the show. And that is really the basis of what we're all about here on The Hook Rocks. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, a band, a performance, or an album that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Probably, well, Van Halen 2, Somebody Get Me a Doctor. That was it for me. What was it about that song that, that pulled you in? 
just um, well, I've been listening to. I guess I uh, from a, like a uh, elementary school or kindergarten. Uh, since my dad gave me a transistor radio, I just been in, in Japan. I was uh, listening to American Navy base uh, radio station. So I've been uh, listening to the songs from Deep Purple, uh, Zeppelin, and but when I heard somebody give me a doctor, just nothing like you know the song from you know previous. Not I want to say previous, but the the music that I was listening to before just strike me like a sound guitar sound and um, how he approached the guitar playing and uh, oh I have to I have to say oh I have to I have to do this I have to find out what how he does this well at the same time I was uh, listening to uh, uh, Toto 2 also the band Toto Steve Lukather um uh both of both songs came on at the same you know radio program and that sense of George Anza's Dragon second song from the uh Toto Hydra two second album the same you know uh sensation that I got you know how Luke did the pick scratch or the you know and also that was a he had a great tone too so i mean those two songs are my ultimate, you know, a song for got me into the rock and roll. Both those guitar players, Steve Lukather and Eddie Van Halen, were very good friends, too, as well. Yes, um, right. And I love the story Steve Lukather tells about, you know, he would do a lot of session work in yes. the late 70s and early 80s, mid 80s, mm-hmm. and Eddie would tag along with them during that work and there are albums that Eddie's on that no one knows about that he didn't right. want the credit for because he didn't want it to take away from Van Halen, which is just amazing to me to think about yeah. you know him being on some of these albums that you probably have never listened to or you probably wouldn't give it a second listen because it's a totally different genre of what they were doing is more adult contemporary. But right. to know that that's just an amazing amazing footnote in, in Eddie's history. Yes, I agree. You know, Somebody Get Me a Doctor is such an amazing song. I remember being captivated by Van Halen, of course, Eruption and Running with the Devil when I was a young kid, very young, probably seven years old, six, seven years old. And of course, Van Halen 2 was already out at the time that I discovered Van Halen. And I remember the hits like Dance the Night Away and Beautiful Girls and those songs that were played on the radio. And it wasn't until a few years after, until I was in like my late teens that I heard somebody get me a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of correlate somebody get me a doctor with another, well, more or less a deep cut on Van Halen too, which is DOA, which yeah. is another fantastic song. And I remember hearing both those. I'm like, well, how come I have not heard these two songs? They're <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And it, it just, again, it just opens up another door in Eddie's history. Um, mm-hmm. and it's playing. That was just so remarkable. Yes, I agree. Um, Man, but tone alone, you know, it just people wanted to fi- figure out, figure out how he does it. You know, I just it was just for back. You know, I was in Japan, and I just for me, like it's such a mystery and great mystery. You know, so exciting, very exciting at the time. Yeah, you know, we, we've talked about the Brown Sound on this show. We talked about mm-hmm. him being uh, uh, probably the most well-known luthier on the show and i think that's what people don't really understand was he was a custom guitar maker i mean everything he he played he more or less built himself mm-hmm. uh, and of course the brown sound which was discovered by accident and yeah. you know how that has resonated how that how that basically influenced a whole generation of players yeah you, what does that all mean to you when when you hear his tone versus other guitar players and I know, you know, we're going to get into a, a lot of conversations about what you do outside of Jimmy Kimmel. And a lot of it is really kind of heavily into Van Halen. And, yeah. and but what you know, when you hear his tone, what was it about his tone that was different for you than, let's say, like a Jimmy Page or an Eric Clapton or someone else that was a great guitar player? But Eddie had his own thing. What was it about that tone that attracted you versus other players? Well, just 
feeling that I get from, well, not only his playing, but the tone definitely emphasized, you know, amplified that feeling, you know, and um, real, almost vicious, you know, like like a bite that I got from that tone. It's just so striking and and um you try to um try to figure it out you know i wanted to you know just for the uh, how to say amplified your soul definitely helped that you know the tone definitely helped so i got attached to that a lot you know one of the things that i've always said about eddie is for a young kid hearing his music more so than any other band musician is it gave myself and young kids a sense of wonder because his phrasing and his technique were were so different and were so, like you said, captivating that it it just made you stop and like stare at the ceiling and just like wonder how this is possible and wonder like, why this is so different and what, what was it about him and, and just the impact it had on being, you know, your imagination and your, and your sense of wonder and saying, how do these things happen? How does this sound? Because it was so different. I, I, I think more than any other guitar player, he gave a young generation that sense of, because the energy was so great in his playing, it, it always made you happy as well. One thing I really, um, I just say um, I want I, I, I love about his uh, playing is not only just the lead or, and rhythm, but the, his soulfulness. Um, I didn't know when I you know heard Van Halen. I didn't know anything about blues, but a later you know album when. Uh, he came up with, uh, you know, he came out with the album with Brian May. The half of the album is blues album, you know, blues jam. And that's probably my first time I heard kind of blues changes, you know, kind of noticed. Then it's really, I, I like how he's he gives his soulfulness from his, I mean, his take of, Blues, blues. It's just, it's uh, it's unlike I'd say it's not whole a lot other blues player I hear from that the same soulfulness. So it's it's really um catches you inter- internally. How to say the mood and everything. Uh, and but recently, funny um. Stuff I jammed with uh, the Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top came to Jimmy Kimmel and uh, he jammed with us for a whole night, right? So when when we were play, playing a Purple Haze or something, when he get into uh, uh, improvisation, I heard a lot of eighties, you know, phrases or like a soulfulness from uh, Billy because. You know, Eddie was, Billy was his idol. So I kind of, I heard that um, same kind of a feeling. I was really, really excited. I stopped playing. I just filmed it, you know. Yeah. So that, that I wanted to capture that his soulfulness more than, I mean, along with his rhythm and lead, but in tone. Yeah, for, for those that are unaware, Billy Gibbons was a huge influence on Eddie. And yeah, if you want to just hear it and capture that, listen to the song Bottoms Up. Yeah. It's yeah. basically a tribute to Billy. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, you know, it's Eddie's way of, of giving you know, his honor to, to Billy Gibbons, yeah. how much he influenced him in, in the plane. Um, and, and you never would think if you heard just, you know, if you just listen on the surface, you know, you wouldn't think that, Van Halen was heavily influenced by by ZZ Top and Billy Gibbons, especially those early albums. But if you really dive deep and 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 listen to the phrasing and the way Eddie approaches and how he attacks it, yeah, very heavily influenced by Billy Gibbons, very um, very much so. 
That was very, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the Jimmy Kimmel show. Um, for you, being a musician, being a guitar player, being in this band, you know, such a huge platform to be on and the ability to play with so many great musicians. What's that like for you to do that? It's one thing. I really appreciate the work, you know, for a musician these days, you know, that having a work is great and having family, you know, it to- totally helps, you know. Uh, but uh, when I came to States, uh, I landed in San Francisco. First TV I bought, like black and white TV, uh, 50 bucks. First first program I watched was, I didn't know at the time, it was a, some, you know, band was playing with, with some guy talking and, uh, uh, and he was playing a yellow strat. And I, I told myself, like, God, I never want I, I never want to be one of those guys. I told myself, I remember, and it was a David Letterman show. But thirty years later, I'm just doing the same thing. Um, of course, you wanted to be. I wanted to be, you know, a guitar player from Ozzy Osbourne, or uh, try to be, you know, the Hayland, but you know, Eddie, or but some and. Uh, the path didn't work for me that way, but I the, definitely Jimmy Kimmel, the working platform is totally awesome. You know, uh, playing with so many different musicians, uh, so many different songs, and I really appreciate the work. So it's, I can't thank enough, and Jimmy's great boss to have, you know, and, uh, and allow me to do different work. And sometimes... Uh, our band leader Cleto lets me go on the road um, to different country or different places, as long as you know I'm getting giving him a good sub substitute. You know, so it's really great working platform that I'm in right now. Yes, you know, I, I to kind of piggyback off what you said about you know watching that TV and and seeing that the Letterman show. Um, and saying, I'm, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys. I remember being a kid and not appreciating the musicianship <laughs> that these band members have on these talk show hosts, like whether it's Saturday Night Live or whether it's, you know, Letterman, you know, or yeah. Parson with Doc Severinsen and all these guys that play, you know, obviously different approaches and different styles. And, and obviously the audiences have evolved differently now than they were back in the, you know, eighties and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now when you hear, I, I remember watching Eddie play on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Saturday Night Live band. And how yeah. so cool that was. And then I remember seeing him play on the Letterman band. Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, and, and doing all that stuff. And, and of course, you know, Eddie being Eddie, it almost validated these musicians that mm-hmm. a young kid who's into the hard rock and the rock and roll kind of maybe dismissed. You know, mm-hmm. but then we're like, well, Eddie's playing with him. Eddie wouldn't play with with you know with with guys that weren't up up to par. You know what I mean? Right. True. So yeah, and, and it's amazing how you know the journey takes you in music, so to speak, for you. Yes, I just I just went with that where the where the uh, wind goes. I'm just going with it, and I'm not really a person that you know kick the door open myself. I'm just take it as it goes. You know, like just. You know, say yes to everything and struggle next. You know, yeah. to to achieve that thing. You know, and just yeah, my life has been like that. So, you know, when you think of some of the people that have been on the show and you've been able to play with, who's the one or the or the two or three that you've played where you're playing? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm playing with so and so. First is it James Brown. Um, I was on my first TV show I got was called uh, Vibe TV by uh, 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 Quincy, Quincy Jones uh, production, and uh, it was Quincy's uh, thing. And uh, James, we were jamming with a James Brown, and and our band leader Greg Feeling and uh, Terry Lynn Carrington was on the drums, and Byron Miller 
they, I mean, it's, they're really cool cat, you know, famous cats. And everybody was like, you know, Mr. Brown, you know, like very <laughs> shook up. And, and when we, when we were playing a, a sex machine, you know, you're playing it and Mr. Brown stops us and he goes to guitar player. He just pointed at me, you know, playing this part like this. Shake it. You know, I guess I wasn't playing that shaka part, you know. Man, I was sweating like a crazy, you know, dog and just then I played that part and he goes, Oh yeah, you know, and just gave me a knot and that was you know, definitely uh a nervous moment in my life. But uh yeah, it was a good experience to play with him. Yeah. How did the Jimmy Kimmel gig come to be for you? I had a band with a band leader. Uh we know each other since ninety two. We all you know, by the way, the, the whole Jimmy Kimmel band met in a band called Sicilian Oil and the Wild Clamps that we played um at the Big Potato in, in Los Angeles Jazz Club for like since 92 through 95 every Monday night. Anyway, so we know we knew each other and we had a band. We were in the same band. But uh, anyway, long story short, um, when he, I was on in 2003, uh, me and keyboard player Jeff uh, was on... Uh, Wayne Brady daytime talk show. And Cleto called me and like, hey man, I got this uh, band leader gig at the Jimmy Kimmel, you know, late night talk show. I, but I never done this before, so can you guys hop on and help me? And me and Jeff, you know, looking at each other, um, God, what are we going to do? You know, like we don't know which one's going to stick, right? But daytime versus late night, we want to say like, Let's, you know, let's give a chance to late nine and we hopped on and we still got to audition front, front of, front of the, uh, um, uh, head of ABC and, uh, Jimmy, but we got the gig and the Wim Brady, he was great, but his show, uh, finished uh, fold in six months and we were on still. So uh, we we made a good bet. You know. Interesting. Well, you know, you talk about the band playing at the baked potato and, and all that, and you talked about, you know, coming, you know, to America from Japan into San Francisco. You know, mm-hmm. while you were on your journey in, in America, were there any any gigs that you were trying to get that maybe you were you were maybe a finalist for an audition or we were close to getting him and it just didn't happen. The cards just didn't fall that way. Uh, there was one time. Well, somebody called me for Stevie Nicks gig, but some reason it didn't happen, but I, I, I don't know if I audition or not. Um, I don't think I did, but uh, it just, I can't, I can't recall uh, those moments, but always meeting people, and that led me to different gigs. And for this gigs, you know, I met so and so, and let me, you know, the other this gig and that. It's always for me. That's the, always the way that I came about. So, um, yeah. It was like one building block after another, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Nelly Fatoto's audition once. Okay. You know, now, yeah, yeah. Uh, I totally screwed up the solo, and uh, uh, but I didn't get it. But anyway, I don't want to talk any bad thing about any other person, other people, so I'm going to stop there. But... Uh, yeah, of course, you know, I went to a few auditions and it didn't work for me. Yeah, definitely. That those things happened. Well, it's just an interesting, you know, story, an interesting, like I said, journey in music is 
you know, the where you've ended up and how you got there and the opportunity and the platform that you have, you know, has to be uh, for a lot of different reasons, you know, one that is unique um, and one that, you know, you didn't expect to end up there, but you did. And, you know, I think that's pretty much for the most part, you know, where, what happens to a lot of people who are trying to break into the music business is they end up somewhere by accident. You know, they end up somewhere that they never anticipated. Yeah, I guess so. But for for me, it's just that, yeah, meeting people and friends totally helped me out and nothing but appreciate, you know, for that, so... Now you've got some side projects that you have. You've got a gig coming up at the Canyon Club on June 24th in Agora in California. Yes. For your Van Halen tribute band called Brown M&M's. Yes. How did um, that start? Well, uh, drummer Joe Travers, um, he, you know, we play on this jam session sometime and uh, we play, you know, the Van Halen songs. And we do do it pretty well. And uh, he goes, hey, do you want to start Van Halen Tribute Band? You know, and I said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, Joe, uh, Jam, uh, Joe has a band with uh, Eric Dova, the singer. And uh, and Eric is just a phenomenal singer. And just when he sings, like some angel comes out, you know, and in the air. Um, so, and, and he does great. David Lee Roth, and I have to say he's a little maybe beyond maybe better singer, and uh, so we just ended. Show McNabb, the bass player, great guy in his great stage presence. So we just formed the band, and but we formed the band right before pandemic, so we couldn't do anything for two years, but we made a few videos during the um, pandemic. It's if you come to uh, our uh, Instagram page or uh, YouTube channel, you can definitely see those. Yeah, and that's at and follow me on Instagram at the Brown M and M's, right? Or Brown yes. M and M's. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's got to be pretty cool for you, being a huge Van Halen fan, is that you get to kind of have that outlet with yeah. the guy that got you in the music. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm doing it. It's for appreciation, you know, like guy that always listened to Van Halen too on the way to the session or something like that. So I, I always constantly learning his technique and, you know, and try to capture that soul and try to be, you know, try to uh, do it, transform as my, you know, um, my soulfulness. Um, so I just, a lot of appreciation already and that's why we do it hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons Or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good. Well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon.
when you're when you're doing this, obviously the pandemic, you know, kind of hindered you from getting out and playing. But, you know, I've always said to people about Van Halen is it just brings joy and so much happiness to what in life just because of the the tempo of the music and and the energy that that yeah. to be on stage and playing it and, and doing it at a very high level i mean i've seen some of the clips you know the song that intro this episode that's not van halen folks that's the brown m&ms so you know and and, and when we outro this this uh this episode too that is the brown m&ms and it's it's very very close to van halen i, I must say and and um you know but getting back to the energy and be able to play that and see people respond and people see come together for this music and to be able to bring happiness because eddie's no longer with us and unfortunately we we can't see him play live or we're not going to be getting any new music from him so this is a good outlet not just for you and the musicians that are on stage that you play with but also for people who want to hear van halen music yeah i mean it's it's um it's special to hear that because you know, we know we're not going to get it anymore. Right. So, yeah, we try to do it as, as close as possible and, you know, try to have fun and try to include that audience with it. So that's, that's what we were trying to do, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Great opportunity. Now, as far as the other projects go, you um, recently shot a movie, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> that's, Def, I mean, don't get me wrong. Acting's not my, I mean, thing. I just, I was recording music for this movie, and the next day the director said, "Hey, Josh, you're gonna, you'll be on a movie, by the way." What? You know, I just, but I took one for the team. You know what I mean? So, and but, absolutely great experience, and uh, it's. I can't look at myself. I'm too embarrassed, and it just. You know, you can't really listen to your own voice. On you know, it's the same effect. That I just have to close my eyes, but it's just I'm at you know I'm in it with uh, professional actors and stuff, and just, just I appreciate them so much more now what they do. And anyway, this is but this movie itself, it's a. Can I just tell just a little? Absolutely, uh, yeah. It's a band. Uh, it's a made-up band, but on eighty in, from eighties, and we couldn't make it. You know, we were because little dumb thing. We do dumb things and just couldn't make it. So thirty years later, when we get fifties, we are now fifties. You know, and we tried to do it again. So like a. Dream comes true on all, all all ages, type of thing, you know. So it's pretty uplifting, kind of comedy, rock and roll. But songs are pretty cool. It's eighties, definitely uh, between songs between Journey and uh, uh, Def Leppard or something. Uh, definitely catches that um, energy and feeling to it. And so hopefully you guys. Enjoy. I think it's gonna be out late summer. Yeah. Now there's some it's called some, rock rock bottom. Rock yeah. bottom. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's some names attached to the movie too, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's John Bon Jovi's son. Yeah, Jake Bon Jovi. Uh, he's a young actor. Uh, recently, I think he engaged to Millie Bobby Brown from uh, uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, eleven. Um, yeah, he's he's great, and uh, yeah, Tom Everett Scott. Um, he's from uh, the thing you do. Yeah, the thing you do. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and, and other girl actors are so great, and everybody's good in this movie. Yeah. And then what other? What other projects do you have too, as well? I know you're um, you've got another gig coming up. I think on June 11th, right? Yeah, the the band called Charisma. Uh, I kind I grew up listening to this band at the Potato um, since '88. Uh, David Garfield, keyboard, Lenny Castro, 
percussion, uh, and drums, and uh, Brandon Fields on uh, saxophone, and James Hara, another guitar player. You know James Hara? He's a session, big, great session guys, and I, I get to play with him, and it's amazing. It's a great music. Not yeah. familiar. What, what kind of session work does he do? He was in Madonna's band, and it just those pop uh, sessions around town. Yeah, Michael Ruff. Um, just I think it's if you Google him, like you you see his work. You know, he's a great player. Anyway, yeah. You know, when you think of these things that you're involved in, and you know, when you when you were in Japan. Um, and you wanted to kind of pursue music and get into music and go to America. Uh, what was the thing that motivated you to leave your, your home country, come to America and, and pursue music? What was it? What, what, what got you to get on that plane that one day? Well, I don't know if you can tell, if you, if you say, if you can say motivation, but I was just become 19, you know, and my parents being musicians, they're classical musicians in the, uh, we were, I was going to go to Japanese, uh, uh, sorry, I was going to go to music university in Japan, but I wasn't, I guess my mom, my mom uh, was kind of noticing I'm not, I wasn't that into it. And she goes like, what do you want to do? You know, and, I think I want to play guitar. I told her, and she goes, "Well, you've been listening to music from America. Why don't you go to America?" And she gave me a one-way ticket, China Airline from Haneda Airport, test your uh, destiny, that kind of a thing, you know. And I just went along with it and just, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Then, yeah, the rest of the rest the history you know so so there was no plan there was just you got on the plan. well the one plan was uh i had a well at the time in japan i i was ha- i was in the band with american high school guys and one of the guitar player had a brochure of a musician's institute that has eddie and alan hordsworth on it so i said okay i'm gonna go here because eddie's on this <laughs> brochure so i said yes so that was that was only the yeah motivation I guess yeah. Now did you did you enroll in in uh, MIT? I yeah I, I at the time I had a I had to audition to get in. Um, I made a cassette yeah and uh, I got in yeah. You know what I played? I played the I chose the uh, song. Imperial Strat from a Yellow Jackets, um, Robin Ford. Yeah, and recently, actually, we two weeks later, uh, two weeks actually, two weeks ago, I jammed with uh, Jimmy Haslip, the bass player from a uh, uh, Yellow Jackets, and I told him that story, and he goes, "Oh, you kind of chose the hard songs to audition." Yeah, if you know, if you listen to that song, it's pretty hard, but uh, yeah, um, it's a great song. Anyway, that's how I got into uh, got into uh, Musicians Institute. Yeah, but there there was really a, a sense of unknown, you know, when you when you left and you came to America. I mean, you you obviously unknown. You know, what do you mean? Like, me? like well, you didn't you didn't know where your path was going to take you at that point. You know, no, you, I don't you know. know. Yeah, you know, and 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 um, there had to be a lot of excitement, but also a lot of stress. You know, I mean, oh, scary! It yeah. was scary. I couldn't speak English or uh, didn't know anybody. You know, just just jumped on the plane, like you know, like hey, let's do this. And I didn't think about anything, but maybe, well, maybe I could, you know, become a musician. That was the only that was the only thing I, I had. So uh, it was, but it just again. Those 38 years, nothing but appreciate of meeting 
great people and they helped me out. So it worked out so far. Yeah. You know, when you, when you think about the language of music, is it correct to say that that language of music, when you came over to America without speaking English, you were able to immerse yourself with people through that language and that helped you adapt and become what you are now. Is that a fair statement? I think so. Um, but of course, you know, lang- English is important to communicate, sure. but music definitely um, is universal. You know, language is universal, definitely. Yeah. The one, in- can I tell you one incident? Sure. So six months in, that's no, three, three months in, uh, in the States, I could not speak English. Uh, but there's a one girl that took me, her name is Lori. He's, she's a dear friend of mine and she's my guardian angels, uh, angel. Um, she took me to this club in North Beach in San Francisco. Uh, it's called Saloon. And, you know, the floor is all, like, sticky with a beer and stuff. And just, it's a blues club, you know. And uh, I was 19. I don't know how she snuck me in there. Um, I was listening. There's, there's a blues band going on. And, you know, she was, and the next thing, she was talking to the singer, guitar player. And next thing he came to me and gave me a guitar like this and made a gesture to go up the stage. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. And But I got on the plane, I got, got on the stage and some guy yelled, blues in C. I knew that that key and blues, those two words I knew. So I said, okay, blues in C. So they started playing and I kind of went along with it. I, it was just such a a rush in my head, like just everything is, you know, white and just at the end, the audience, you know, cracked and and he came up to me like, come back next week. And so, and I kind of went back, you know, so definitely I couldn't speak, but definitely that's a, that moment, the Music is universe, you know, universal language. I felt that definitely there. Was that the first moment that you kind of felt like you're you're being included in this world that you want to be in? Yeah, I. I, That was really the great feeling that, huh? Maybe I could do this. You know that. It gave that moment gave me that just a hint hint of a thought in my head. Yeah, because it has to be a lot of self doubt too when you're doing what you do and coming to a different country and in 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 a, in a foreign land and and you have to look for moments that are like that that keep you going right because there's yeah. probably at that moment in your life there's probably a lot more valleys than there are peaks. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and you're looking for something and moments like that keep you going and say, okay, I need the next peak. Where's the next peak? Yeah. Every day you somehow, well, you some, you feel the, uh, how to say, um, um, let down, you know, every day. So there's something like, gosh, oh, you know, I fucked it up and I just moment like that. But there's a good moment. Definitely kind of stick with that and keep it going. Yeah. Awesome. So you've got another um, gig coming up with on July 1st with the legendary Stu? Ham. <laughs> Stu Ham? Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's, his music is cool. And uh, he's a great guy. And just time to time, I play with him. And yeah, the July 1st at the Big Tato. Uh, me, Joel Taylor, great drummer, Andrew Witt, the, the violin player, um, viola, steel player, she's great, uh, and Stu and me. Yeah. Stu's got to have a lot of stories playing with Satriani all those years. Oh, yeah. 
Stu has all <laughs> different kinds of stories. Yeah. Stu's great. You know, is there anything you know in music or what's the one thing that you still want to accomplish in music that you haven't yet? I guess I still write music mm-hmm. and try to precede my music and maybe do more bigger shows. Maybe I'll try. I write song with uh, Brian M&M's and try to do more original songs or uh, my original songs. And also I'd like to, I like, anyway, well, this film that I'm in, I help the uh, score or like uh, cues, music cues. and It's very interesting and I, I like to maybe make myself work towards that film music as well, you know, and uh, there are so many things I want to do. So, um, but definitely try proceed my own thing and play out. What's your, what's your guitar of choice? Guitar of choice. Uh, a lot of times, I played this uh, 1969 Gibson Les Paul. Wow! This is kind of go-to rock, go-to my go-to rock guitar. But also, I have a exotic guitar. A Japanese company. Um, I play that guitar a lot. Oh, by the way, um, I did the uh, we, uh, Brown M and M's did the uh, two songs uh, video with uh, Exotic and their new line of guitar. We kind of demonstrated, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to come out maybe end of this month. Two songs by Van Halen, Whiskey, uh, Keep Take You Whiskey Home, and uh, House of Pain videos coming out end of this month nice nice yeah. what attracts you to a to a player is it tone is it phrasing what what brings you in when you hear someone like oh you probably soulfulness yeah because so many players are you know doing fast riffs and stuff but but in in that moment, there you you gotta feel it, you know. You gotta feel the uh, soul. And also, there are a lot of times I see a guitar player that great in uh, those this screen or YouTube or Instagram. But when they go to live, it really doesn't. Some, it doesn't really translate to the audience. So that's another gap. Uh, I think I feel it, you know. But, uh, yeah, one thing I I look for is more soulful soul, if, if I feel the soul or not. So Yeah, that, that's one of the things that attracts me to a player like a Richie Cotton. You know? Richie's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's I mean, awesome. he, he can shred like nobody's business, but he's got that soul in him. You know, he's yeah, got that, and he's that and he's, Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, he's, he's my uh, hero. One of the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of the baked potato too. He's, he plays up there. Anytime he's trying to work out more material, he goes up and plays like a two hour show. Yeah. Baked potato. Yeah. yeah. Just that's phenomenal. Yeah. He's great. Well, Toshi, it's it's been a great conversation. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. And thank sorry, you. if my English was good enough, you know, sorry about that. Though, you know. Oh no, it was great. It was great. It was. Okay. No, I don't, I don't even give it a second thought. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Toshi, right. Um, right now we have uh, the Jimmy Kimmel's on a strike because of the writers' strike, you know, but it's still on. We they're doing the uh, repeats and stuff, so you can come and watch us. 
Yeah, I know a lot of shows have been delayed because of the strike and, and production has been shut down. So hopefully that get, gets resolved soon. Hope so, you know, yeah. For, for everybody, you know. But, you know, again, Toshi, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and doing this. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Jay. Well, everyone, that has been a pleasure. Great conversation with Toshi from the Jimmy Kimmel live show. So check that out when he gets back uh, on and new shows. And like Toshi said, check out all the reruns. Check out, if you're in California, the Brown M&M's. Great, great Van Halen tribute band. And I hope you enjoy the lead-ins and the lead-outs for the music that we play on this episode. That is the Brown M&M's. And don't forget to check out his gig with Stu Ham on July 1st as well. And uh, where's that again on July 1st? Uh, July 1st was potato, big potato. Big potato, that's right. And the one on June 11th is... Yeah, that's in the Al... Uh... Alvis showroom in San Pedro. Okay. Alvis, yeah. Perfect, perfect. So if you're making a trip out to California this summer and you want to get some music and you want to go have some fun, go check out those gigs too as well. And I think the Brown and Emma's are playing at the in on June 24th at the Canyon Can, Club. So yeah, check, Canyon check that out too as well. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, man. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Hook Rocks. This is Jay Scott. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.